we're here for a special bonus episode of Bungalow in the Bus, hanging out at the Orange County Regional History Center with my friend, the Executive Director, Michael Perkins. Hello, Michael. Hello, Brendan. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited for you to dish all the tea, spill the tea. What's happening here at the History Center? There you go. Well, we've got quite a lot going on this summer. It's going to be a busy summer. Uh, we've had great success last year showing our movies, uh, sunscreen, so we're going to be doing that again this year. We've already started, but upcoming we've got Easy to Love, which is coming in June on the 16th. Then, very appropriate for what is just about the 50th anniversary of the first walk on the moon, we're going to have First Man Ooh. on July 21st. And then Where the Boys Are, I've never seen it, on August 18th. Something I say under my breath every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're very excited about all of those. First Man, I think, uh, we're, we're working with the library to have some events here over the summer because they're making a big deal, as is WUCF, uh, about the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, which is coming up in July. Sure. So we're going to work with the library. We're going to have an event. We have it called One Giant Leap event. It's on the 20th of July. What is that about? The library is going to have a lot of programming, and we are going to as well. We're both going to, well, they're always free. We're going to be free that day. Okay. Uh, you can drive the Lunar Rover at the library. What? Yes. You can drive the Lunar Rover. Remotely. Like I like assume that you're <laughs> sitting in the 3D thing, and it seems like you're driving it. So I, I love that. Actually. Yes. What do you wear to drive a lunar rover? The, a spacesuit, or you will die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so practical. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but they'll have a lot of great events over there. We'll have a lot of great events over here with family friendly events and such, just having to do with space and the fact that. It is 50 years since uh, we set within, since man put set foot we in were the just, We just did a special on WUCF and uh, for Newsnight, their new news program. And we were talking about that resurging mm-hmm. interest in landing on the moon. Right. And yeah, I love seeing that. Yeah, it, it really is a big deal. Uh, and I'm so happy that uh, the community's getting together and really recognizing. I think it's going to be a great event that day. I think first man the next day. The Sunday after, uh, it's 20th Saturday, Sunday the 21st, come and watch First Man. I think that's a nice weekend celebration of what is one of the most significant events in human history. Wow, very romantic the way you talked about that, too. Good yes. job, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, what I do, another thing I love to see is all of these collaborative things that you're doing with local institutions like the library. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's so smart. Yes, uh, and I would encourage everybody to go visit the Wells Built. Open the first weekend of each month. Uh, thanks to our support, we have the shared ticket. $10 gets you into both institutions and the Wells Built, which is just a few blocks away, just on the other side of I-4 off south. You also have line bikes right out in front. So Yes, and the limo service, the uh, grapefruit line, goes right from our front door to their front door. So Love you can that. come here and park in the library garage and get your parking validated, and you can visit us and buy that ticket, and then you can go visit them. Maybe we should do a Facebook Live one day where we tour both. We'll show people how easy it that is. That would be terrific. Oh yeah, right. well worth the trip, well worth the, the price of admission. I'm happy to, hear, happy to hear that uh, the ticket sales are starting to improve. We're really starting to see that because that's a great institution over there with a lot of very important history. And it's nice for us to recognize that as well. I agree. They were just in the news uh, for the magic replacing their stolen. Somebody broke into mm-hmm. the Wells Built and mm-hmm. took their Orlando mm-hmm. Magic collection, but I guess it was all replaced. Right. 
right. is great to see. Yes, it's great to see that there's community support like that and a shame to see something like that happen, but at least it had a, a good end to the story. Some other good news is uh, y'all are award winners. Yes, I won an Emmy for no, I really didn't. <laughs> it's um, basically the Emmy. That's yeah, true. For museums it is. and libraries, right? Yes, this, this institution won the IMLS National Medal for uh, museum services. It's IMLS is the Institute of Museum and Library Services. Okay, and they award ten medals throughout the entire nation each year: five to libraries and five to museums. And we won. We were one of the five museums throughout the nation to be recognized by this national institution. And it is the most prestigious award that a museum or a library can win. And Orlando is really very blessed to have this institution, the 2019 winner, right across the street from the downtown Orlando Public Library, which was the 2018 winner for library services. I feel like we need a big red carpet party. (laughs) Maybe we do. Right? Just to celebrate how freaking awesome. Yeah, aside from the New Yorks and Chicago's and Los Angeles's (laughs) of the world, uh, no other city, I do not believe, has two organizations that have won. Wow. Yeah, I mean, New York, obviously, Chicago, L.A. Right. Uh, and I think that, and then Orlando, and I think that's pretty much the list. We call that, uh, we keep talking about this on Bungalore and the Bus, is soft power rankings. And, and it's just other ways that Orlando, uh, people are talking about Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just the parks, like the hard power stuff, but these other things that are pervasive and having world-class museums and libraries are so mm-hmm. important to that. Yes, uh, it is. So great job. Thumbs well, up. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's a real honor to the staff. It's a lot of hard work and dedication and working out in the community. And, and obviously, I'm very proud of the staff and the institution for this. It, it really is a great, great honor. You have an amazing staff. Yes. I kind of mm. am their biggest fan. I'm here <laughs> all the time, bugging them about how much I like everybody here. <laughs> uh, some other news. You guys have a food truck slash ride share hub out in front of your space now, right? Yes, we're working with the city, and we have our rideshare hub every Friday and Saturday evening, beginning at about midnight. I think it begins at 11 or 11.30. It's pretty late. I'm already in bed okay. whenever it starts. But anyway, goes until 3, uh, and all of the Uber and Lyft uh, pickups can happen right here uh, where the limo stop is in Heritage Square. So it's it seems to have been working very well. We've had uh, a lot of good reports about what's going on. We do keep our outside restrooms open for that time period so that folks coming from the bars and coming from their night out can stop off and take care of things before they get in their ride. One of the only public restrooms in downtown Orlando that is open at night. Very true. Yeah. Yes. So yes. that's great. Definitely yes. needed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we actually did a roundup of uh, public restrooms that are available. And it was very easy because there weren't many. Right. Mm. V- very, very few and far between. And the food trucks are showing up out there. And I know they're getting a lot of great business. And we're having more of the food trucks now even out at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. All uh, day. Yeah. And it's it seems to be doing really well. I love that. Keep it up. Well, yeah. We love it. And we love uh, utilizing Heritage Square in some of these different ways. And we look forward to little bit of redesign work out there as we move forward into the next year or two and see if we can refresh Heritage Square. Is that official? It's not official yet. We're just working toward it. Mm-hmm. 
Don't yes. get me excited. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, right. I'll be excited when it actually becomes a real thing. So we, yeah, we're ta- we're talking to the city and we're talking to folks about. So hopefully we can get something moving, but nothing. There's nothing official. Official, yet. official. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, you have an auction coming up. We do. And a renovation. We do. There's so many things happening here. There are a few things going on. So there used to be something called the dome. Yes. When you walked into the front foyer area, can you? Yes, I'll paint a verbal picture of it. Oh, okay. There I'm was close a my eyes. when you walked into the through the doors and toward the ticket counter, uh-huh. above you was this huge orange dome that remember. that bent up like you were walking inside of an orange peel, uh, half an orange, and it was covered with all of these pieces of ephemera and props that just have to do with Central Florida and Florida history, like anything from alligators. And flamingos to trains and train cars to high wheel bicycles mm-hmm. to sewing machines to the, my little friend sitting right next to me here, the orange bird. Orange bird. But the beauty is these aren't these are unique. These were they made are. specifically. These were all made specifically for the dome. They are props. We of course would never uh, do anything with our artifacts aside from show them and catalog and keep them safe. But these are all props that were just built. Uh, to enhance our exhibits. So now that we've taken this dome down, as we begin our refurbishment process to recreate the interior of the History Center, we have all of these wonderful props. I can't take my eyes off of orange. And we're going to auction them off on August 10th. August? It's called Fabulous Floridiana. Saturday, August 10th. We'll be open all day, free to the public, 10 to 5. The auction will run probably 10 to 4. Well, obviously, there will be more specifics on social media, more specifics to you as Thank we get you. going. Lots of pictures. We're taking pictures of everything. We want to make it as available to folks so that they can see these just neat one-of-a-kind items. This is the only orange bird like this anywhere just because of his size and what he's made out of and ev- everything because he's just custom-made for this dome. He's a one off we have gators that are made of foam so an eight foot ten foot gator but you can pick him up pretty easily with two hands because he's just made of foam and then he's got the the covering stuff whatever they used to cover that and then <laughs> and shape it yeah and then yeah. paint so it's it's really pretty light a beautiful mermaid mermaids yes mm-hmm. we have two or three mermaids and we have six foot tall flamingos no legs just the body and the neck well, and who the needs head. legs right yeah. that's what i say <laughs> So it's just a compendium of fascinating items. Great word choices, Michael Perkins. Yes, that we really think that people have a lot of fun with. It's really a chance to own a little piece of the History Center, help out the historical society. Of course, we're treating it as a fundraiser. The society actually bought all these items when we installed them, so it's only appropriate that they sell them as we we, uh, wave goodbye to them and encounter a happy future for the history center as we refurbish all our exhibits i have been excited for this auction since i heard whispers of it coming i feel Mm. like two years ago like it's been a while we removed the dome well over a year ago Mm -hmm. and it's just taken us a while to get everything together but everything substantially is now here we had to ship some things to different locations for storage issues but we've got everybody here uh they're in the process of getting cleaned up we all got a little dusty on the dome (laughs) Um, but it's just a great mix of items, and I think people are going to have a lot of fun with it. 
Michael, there's so much happening here. Those are just like the immediate things, but can you maybe touch on some future exhibits that are coming or is that something you want people to just wait and follow your socials for? No, they can follow our socials, but in the meantime, we've got Love Speaks, our three-year uh, commemorative for Pulse. That opens, as a matter of fact, it will be open this Saturday, uh, June 1st. Okay. And it will be up through September 22nd, so it'll be up for quite a while. This year, we're looking at uh, art that was inspired or created as a result of uh, the night Pulse nightclub shooting. So it's substantially an art exhibit this year. Which is, but it's not just art from our collection, but we've also sought out some pieces that other artists have made uh, in and outside the community. Uh, tangent, uh, touching on Pulse, is that are you working with One Pulse with their museum their intention to build a museum on the site we will certainly be yeah we'll certainly work with them obviously our collection would be a significant portion of whatever they would do so we'll be looking forward to working with them in more detail as, as orange forward. county regional history center was was tasked with collecting most mm -hmm. of those items and artifacts that were left there correct right yeah. yes we were yes and we have ooh, over seven thousand items and of course we've collected countless oral histories wow. and different ephemera and items since so it's a sub it's a very substantial collection uh michael is there anything else you want people to know about the orange county regional history center and the magic you make here <laughs> well watch out for us this fall as we open uh accidental historian september 22nd i believe the same day that the pulse exhibit ends that'll be a major uh exhibit that we're creating in-house and it has to do with those of us who document our lives in one way or another using, oh, I don't know, blogs, uh -huh. uh, taking pictures. Uh, now we all do this to some degree. A hundred years ago, very few people did it, but yet we're all documenting our history, our pr family history, our own history, our community history. And it's without that documentation, institutions like ours have such a difficult time telling the story of a community's past. So we're really dipping into that and talking about how the folks, the photographers from 100 years ago, uh, diarists, uh, d different people who recorded history in whatever way, they weren't recording history at the time, they were just recording their lives or recording what was going on in the community. But those records are absolutely vital to tell the story that we tell today. And likewise, we all play a role in telling that story. Documenting this institution's history 50 years from now, this blog will play an important role in telling the story of what we're doing now that we may not institutionally document very well. Museums are notorious for that. We don't document what we do ourselves. But with something like this in existence, it's all documented. I've, I've delved into just like a fingernail scratch into your... Uh, archives that when you guys have such a great archive uh collection and service here that if if someone wants to come in and look at some of the artifacts people mm -hmm. go and pull it for you and you have supervised visits with the items and uh, i know that uh there's some beautiful great journals mm -hmm. and, and first-hand accounts of, mm -hmm. of living here in orange county in your collection there's those some yeah. of the things that we'll be able to see oh yeah and we've got uh our archive has about twelve thousand historic photos most of those like the great bulk not all but a significant percentage are from three photographers who worked in the early the late 19 late 1800s and into the early mid 1900s oh wow if those three people didn't exist 
and take these images that we ended up getting. We, our collection would be less than half of what it is, and we would be much more poorly documented from that early time period in our history. And they were just like c citizens. They were just going around taking pictures because they had cameras, you know, 100 years ago. Right. Yeah, owning a camera was a rare exception. That's something that I learned more about when I was uh, the subject of your genome exhibit. Yeah. And uh, we found these beautiful photographs. You guys found beautiful photographs of uh, some of my family members, including some like postpartum like people. Mm -hmm. what I can't remember what you call them. Uh, when they're posed up in like a, a chair oh, uh, for oh, a portrait. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're bodies. Yeah. And, but like during a time mm -hmm. where photography was rare. Right. And those might have been their only uh, photograph that right. was ever taken of them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just interesting. I just, mm -hmm. every time I come here, I learn something new. Yeah. Uh, and then our refurbishment will start sometime after, right after the first year. We should start right in January. Okay. And One gallery at a time, so people will be able to visit us all the time. It's just we'll be shutting down portions of the museum as we work through this process, which will probably take about two years. Don't quote me. Not bad. <laughs> We've seen where <laughs> we'll it's see. two years to do uh, Bumby. Right. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> True. So, yeah, and that's yeah. just a road. Well, we'll start and finish before I four is completed, so you can look at it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always behind schedule, so <laughs> right. you should be good. Uh, Michael Perkins, thank you so much for having me. Uh, where can people find you? Where's the website? Thehistorycenter.org is our website. It's got all the latest and greatest of what's going on, so visit us and find out what's happening at the History Center. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. <laughs>